you know, as, as we come into this particular setting, to me, it's, it's really an eerie setting. It says, you know, the scripture this, in, in verse 56, it says, in this place. And to me, it's an eerie place. The picture up here is, is uh, it's the way I picture it, I guess. It's, it's at night. And Jesus is in the midst of an olive grove. This is not an olive grove, but you got to get the sense of the moonlight coming through the trees. And as the moonlight comes through the trees, it casts shadows. And I just pictured the shadows uh, in that grove on that night and how the wind blows, you know, through the, through the trees. And as it blows through the trees, how the shadows start to shift. And first, the shadows are cast by the moonlight, and then the shadows are cast by the torchlight. Because what's moving next to the grove is now through the breeze. What's moving next to the grove is the mob. And the mob is coming with a particular purpose, and we read about that. They're coming to arrest Jesus. It's a night of shadows. And into this particular evening, what you find is that there's a cast of characters that are part of the life of this story. And each of these characters, they cast their own shadow. Each of them casts their own unique shadow. We have Judas. Judas was one, as the scripture said, he was one of the closest people to Jesus. He was one of the twelve that trusted him with the money. He was, he was the treasurer of the group. And the shadow that Judas cast is the shadow of betrayal. Betrayal with a kiss. And then there's Malchus. Malchus is the name of the, of the servant of the high priest. We didn't see his name in this scripture from Matthew, but we find his name in the text of John, in the Gospel of John. He shares with us that the name of the one who led the mob was Malchus. And as Malchus comes, he casts a shadow too. He casts a shadow of unjust accusation. You see, as he comes, he comes on, be, on behest of the authorities, of the scribes and the Pharisees and the priests and all those people who were jealous, so jealous of what Jesus had done and Jesus' success. They wanted to get rid of Jesus. And Mal Malchus comes with a warrant, with a warrant and a shadow. Accusation, unjust accusation. And then there's Peter. And Peter casts a shadow too. You know, Peter we usually consider as maybe not the brightest of the disciples, but definitely the boldest of the disciples. I mean, he's the one in the text says that when you pull out, he whips out his sword. You know, I always have to laugh a little bit. You know, Jesus is telling him to pray, and instead of praying, Peter is packing. You know, he whips out his sword. He's going he's gonna to get him. You know, uh, I think, oh my gosh, you know, I'm probably, I'm probably what Jesus is doing. What is he doing, you know? But what he does is he casts the shadow of abandonment. Because when you come right down to it, I mean, when it came to fight or fly, really what Peter did, it says at the bottom line of the text today, it said that all the disciples deserted Jesus. I mean, every one of the disciples, they cast their own shadow. And what the text shares with us today is that Jesus walked in those very shadows. And I think the reason that Matthew wants to know that is we walk in those same very shadows in our lives as well. Those shadows that Jesus, you know, went through on the road to the cross, we walk in those same shadows. We walk in the shadow of betrayal. We walk in the shadow of betrayal. Maybe it's not with a kiss. Maybe it's with a conversation. Maybe it's with a broken promise. 
Maybe it's with an unhonored relationship. We walk in the shadow of betrayal, and maybe the one who betrays is not Judas, but they may be equally as close. They may be a person that you thought, I can be vulnerable with this person. It may be a person that you thought, hey, I can be open with this person. And you know, you share in that closeness of relationship, and all of a sudden what you find is that you find that there's a moment, there's a time of betrayal. If you've ever experienced that in life, you know what it means to walk in a shadow. A shadow of unjust accusation. You know, sometimes it's, it's great when everybody rejoices in your success, when you move forward and everybody's happy with what you're doing and everything is great. But, you know, sometimes what begins to happen is there are folks who may be, maybe you've experienced folks like this who are around you that, that you succeed, but they're not so happy in your success. Instead, they're jealous of your success. Instead, what happens is what they say in their own minds is, you know, that ought to be me. I ought to be in that place. You know? And I think about the priests looking at Jesus and how they saw Jesus' success as a threat to them. Not as something advanced the kingdom, it was a threat. And so they send Malchus, and, and, and when Malchus comes, you know, he comes with the accusation, you know, to arrest Jesus. You know, he comes with the intent, purpose for harm. He comes to cast that shadow on Jesus' life. Maybe you've had that same shadow cast on you when you're successful. But someone's jealous. Maybe they don't come with a warrant. But, you know, they may be really good at gathering other people around them. You know, kind of getting a little bit of the mob. And they may be really good at pointing the finger and making the accusation. And if you've been there, you know what it means to walk a shadow. Maybe it's the shadow of abandonment. You know, when you think that you're with a person away, that you have their back and they have your back and you're their wingman and you're their wingman and hey, we're all together in this and, and you know, I can count on you because if I count on you, I know that we stand together, we're side by side, we defend each other and this is kind of how we're going to, you know, do it all together and you're kind of with them and all of a sudden you come into the moments and you find out you're standing all by yourself. You know, when it comes to the moment where you needed them the most, instead of courage, what happened was kind of cowardice took over. And when it came to fight or flight, you know what? It was flight. And that's what happened in Scripture. If you ever had that happen to you, you know what it means to walk in the shadow. I think Matthew tells the story in a way that we begin to see that, you know, that, that Jesus walked in shadows. And we walk in shadows. And I think that's his point. I think his point is that, that when you and I go through those shadows, we don't go through those shadows by ourselves. We do not. That Jesus walks in those shadows with us. And more than that, not only does he walk in those shadows with us, but when he walks in those shadows, when there's a Savior in those shadows, there is a different story that is also going on in those shadows. It's not simply a shadow story. This is not a shadow story. This is a story. It's a salvation story. This is a story of the way, Matthew says, that scriptures are being fulfilled. That there's an overarching narrative, that there's another kind of dimension going on about how God, in God's grace, is working in some of the most difficult moments in Jesus' life, some of the most difficult moments in our lives. And so he says, scripture is being fulfilled 
and it wakes us up to that way that God's working on a totally different level to bring forward grace in ways that only God can know, only God can see. When you see Jesus in the text today, he is not reactive, he's proactive. He's proactive. And here's what that means. When Jesus comes into those shadows with Peter, Jesus is working for peace with Malchus, who is the uh, high priest that had his ear cut off, you know. Jesus is working for healing. And with Judas, and this is just what I believe, Jesus is working for forgiveness. Jesus is working for forgiveness. I mean, when you begin to see Jesus' greeting to Judas, he says, friend. I don't know if you picked up on that word. I tell you, when he says friend, He's telling what's on his heart. I just think that's where he is. I think that there's that forgiveness there that is at work in that place. Jesus is proactive in those places. He's at work for peace, proactive for peace. He invites us to join him in that work and to be proactive for peace. He says to, to Peter, and I guess he would say to us, you know, put away the sword. If you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Those, that's the famous line. And what that means is don't get into the duel. Don't do betrayal for betrayal. Don't do accusation for accusation. Don't do abandonment, you know, and face abandonment. Don't abandon your values. Don't abandon your virtues. Don't abandon abandon your character. Don't abandon those things. Instead of grabbing your sword, grab the word of God, which is the sword of truth. The scriptures say that blessed are the peacemakers. They are the ones who inherit the earth. Jesus says, coming to that place, be proactive in terms of being a peacemaker, being proactive in terms of saying, rather than aggravate and escalate, what I'm going to do is I'm going to come into the moments in ways that I'm going to listen, in ways I'm going to understand, in ways that I'm going to pursue peace, you know, as best I can in these moments. Jesus says to Peter, Jesus says to us, put away the sword. Put away the sword so you can pursue peace. Jesus says us. He says, you know, when you come into these moments with those who intend to harm, come in with an intent to heal. Don't be the person who stands there and looks at the Malchus in your life, you know, and says, you know what, Uh, you know, he got into the fray of it and he just got wounded in the middle of the fray of it. And if he would have ducked, he would have been better off, you know. I, I think about that text, and I think, you know what, Malchus is lucky to get his head cut off. Because <laughs> if he hadn't ducked fast enough, you know. And, and if, you know, sometimes you get in the moment, you say, man, if you would just duck faster, you would have been better. Because you had it coming to you. That's not where Jesus is coming from. Jesus, what he does is he comes along and he finds Malchus. And he heals Malchus. And so he comes into that intent to harm, and he has an intent to heal. And I think that's where Jesus invites us to be. To be those people who say, you know what, I'm going to go beyond when somebody comes, you know, with the spirit of jealousy, with the spirit of envy. Yeah, I'm going to realize that. But I'm going to go beyond that. I'm going to pursue something higher, something greater. I'm going to pursue what's right. I'm going to pursue what's just. I'm going to pursue what makes whole. That's what Jesus does as he heals. He makes whole 
invites us to join him in that. And I think he invites us to join him in forgiveness. I tell there's a beautiful story that Frederick Buechner tells. By now, you know, I'm one of, a huge Frederick Buechner fan. And the story is called The Second Kiss. And he said, you know what? In the first kiss, it was in the garden that Judas gave Jesus the first kiss. And the, that was a kiss of betrayal. But the way Bigner tells the story is that, you know, in the scriptures it says Jesus descended into hell. And it says when he descended into hell, Bigner says, I think down there that Jesus gave Judas the kiss. There's the kiss of forgiveness. There's the kiss of saying you're my friend. It was the kiss of God's love and God's grace. And kind of, as you, I know that's a whole other sermon and a whole other text, but I tell you what, I do think that what Jesus calls us to do is always forgive. That's the power of the cross embraced in our lives. And so Jesus invites us to work with him in ways that the scriptures are being fulfilled. The scriptures are being fulfilled by what Jesus does, by what we do. So my friends, as we come to the table today, I invite us to come in that faith. To come in the faith that knows that, yes, we walk, you know, in the midst of the shadows, but there's a great hymn of faith. I just want you to hold in your mind as you come to the table today. It's called Beneath the Cross of Jesus. And the last hymn of that, last verse of that hymn goes like this. I take, O cross, thy shadow for my abiding place. And I ask no other sunshine than the sunshine of thy face. Tell you what, to take the shadow of the cross where we, that's where we find our place. That's where we come from. That's where we live from. From the bigger picture. From the bigger story. And so in that grace, I invite us to bow our heads, join our hearts together. Gracious God, we thank you for the ways that even in the scriptures, even in the shadows, the scriptures are being fulfilled. We thank you that you are God who is at work in all things for good for those who are called according to your purposes. And we thank you, God, that in that moving of your grace, we find the strength to step forward, to walk the road to the cross with you in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit.